Hi, this is Danny Klein-Monisette, and this is the Afterbirth Podcast, featuring real stories about raising kids that you're not going to read in a parenting magazine. Here's a story by comedian Tom Shalou called No Hovering. It was recorded at the Triad Theater in New York City in 2008. So please give a warm welcome to Tom Shalou. called No Hovering. The other day I was shuffling through selections on my daughter's new CD, trying to find the song she wanted to hear. No, Allah one, she kept saying. Why am I doing this? I never ordered my parents to find the proper song to go along with my mood. I never ordered my parents to do anything. I was afraid to speak to my dad until I was 12. And even then, it was only to ask for a point of clarification for something he ordered me to do. Another unsettling thing is that my daughter has her own CD collection. And the children's music on these CDs is filled with political ideology. I finally found the song she was looking for, and this is how it went. Hey, nana, hey, nana, hey, nana, hey, nana. The earth is our mother. We must take care of her. The earth is our mother. We must take care of hey, nana. She's two. Can you at least wait until she's five to indoctrinate her into the Democratic Party? I know she's headed that way. She's growing up in New York City. Just relax a little. You'll get her in time. I want to give her a little balance. My Manhattan-born friends are all racked with insecurities and neurosis. I grew up in a very conservative home, and I turned out fine. Perhaps there's something to that. If you've ever read any parenting blogs or magazines, you've probably read about helicopter parents. Parents who are constantly hovering over their children, trying to make sure their world is free from all danger and stress. I don't want to be a helicopter parent. I see them everywhere, like the parents in Central Park. Honey, watch out, the grass. (laughs) The grass, it's sharp. That's right, sharp grass. My mother used to tie me to a tree in the backyard. That way I could play outside unsupervised. I would run around in a 15-foot circumference to the tree like a dog. I usually stayed taut at the end of the rope, but sometimes I would run around and around, eventually coiling myself tightly to the tree. I'm lucky there were no large birds of prey in Massachusetts. I probably looked like one of those tied-up roulade roasts Alton Brown prepares on the Food Network. Eventually, a passerby would happen upon me and help me unwind. One day, my mother decided to let me off the leash. Her only instruction, don't go in the street. For a while, I went right back to the half-moon-shaped trench I had worn out in front of the tree. That's where I felt most at home. Then, at some point, I broke out on my own completely forgetting my mother's dictate. 
My mother came out on the porch when she heard a car horn honking. I was sitting in the middle of the street. There was a big Chrysler in front of me, and the driver was leaning out the window making a shoe gesture with his hands. This apparently callous behavior by the driver was entirely unremarkable. It was the 1970s, and children were by and large seen as pests, not America's most precious resource. As my mother tells it, upon seeing her, I walked up on the porch where she was standing with her arms akimbo in the doorway and passed by her into the house. I returned moments later with the rope and harness and handed it to my mother. My mother likes to tell this story with that image of me handing back the leash as the punchline, an example of my precocious nature. But as a parent now, I think the more illuminating part of this story is the earlier part in the setup in taking me off the leash, my mother was willing to roll the dice and see if I lived to tell about it. <laughs> you can hardly accuse her of being a helicopter. But there was a lesson to be learned. I would not again go in the street. What if the experiment did not end well? What if my mother stepped outside to find me lying in the road with a Michelin tire tread across my forehead? What then? Well, there would be a silk purse from that sow's ear as well. She had five kids, and the other four would learn a valuable lesson. <laughs> you can bet that at my funeral, as my little casket was being lowered into the earth, my mother would turn to my brothers and sisters and say, do you see what happens when you go out in the street? <laughs> Bottom line is, this non-interventionist method worked. I turned out fine, as did my siblings. I'd like to emulate my parents today, but I can't completely resist the culture at large. After all, this is a world in which gangly preteens still have to ride in car seats. Have you seen these baby Huey-like monsters? Riding down the highway strapped into a tiny booster playing Doom on their Sony PSP? The boy has five o'clock shadow, let him use a seatbelt. So I put the song on the CD and even sang along with it, doing the hand gestures along with Agnes. Hey, na-na, hey, na-na, hey, na-na, hey, na The earth is our mother. We must take care of her. The earth is our mother. We must take care of Hey, na-na, hey. But I really want to give her an alternative to all this indoctrination. I know she's not going to be raised as I was, but I want to make sure she gets a little balance in her life. So I wrote this, and I read it to her before she goes to bed. Dear Agnes, the earth is not your real mother. <laughs> mommy is. You know mommy, the one who feeds you and gets you dressed and cleans up your throw up. If you vomit on mother earth, it just sits there. Mother Earth is also completely indifferent to your suffering. Just imagine if you were alone in the woods and you came upon a hyena. Would Mother Earth rise up between you and the hyena to protect you? No. Mother Earth would sit and watch as the hyena ate you. <laughs> what about Mother Earth's friends, the trees? Would they be of any help? No. They would stand idly by, their boughs blowing in the breeze as if this were the most pleasant thing that they had ever seen. Say, look, a little girl being devoured by a hyena. Sure is windy today. 
But your real mommy and daddy won't let that happen. That's why we're here, to protect you from her, Mother Nature. <laughs> Just imagine if your daddy didn't build a house on her to keep you safe. Or go out and hunt pheasant every day to feed you. Or dig underground for fossil fuels to keep you warm. None of which your daddy actually does. But he's somewhere in the chain of command. Good night, Moon. So balance, I believe, is the key. Perhaps I'll be able to strike a happy medium, go along with the rest of the world, but offer some resistance. I may not be constantly hovering in my helicopter, but I'll be there. More like one of those golf cart security guards that do laps around the parking lot at the mall. I'll keep a lookout as best I can, and if I miss something, I'll be around again in 20 minutes. Thank you. For more information about Afterbirth, the live show, the book, or the podcast, please visit www.afterbirthstories.com. Thanks. <laughs>